Welcome back, everyone, to Tales of the Lesser Medium, a podcast that pokes fun at video game narratives each season. Me, that's Caleb J. Ross, and my co-host over there. It's always aliens, though. It's always aliens. You think it's not aliens? Boom, it's aliens. In New Zealand, of all places. You think about New Zealand, you think of what? You think of uh, trolls and, and, uh, and uh, I don't know, what's down there? Uh, uh, Hobbits. Uh, uh, Peter Jackson movies. That's what goes on down there. Kiwis, I think, uh, for some reason. Uh, but below the surface, of below all those accents, all those cute accents, good night, mate, all that, <laughs> aliens are down there. And we're going down there. We're going to fucking kick their ass today, and I can't wait. <laughs> that, was, that was Travis. That was Travis Terry. Uh, and we take you through our favorite stories of the Outback. Wait, that's a different country. And <laughs> uh, we take you through our favorite video game franchise narratives, interjecting with humorous skits along the way to make you laugh and to make us believe once again in the power of love. I never yeah. stopped believing in Huey Lewis, though. What do you mean? <laughs> How, what do you think the power part of the power of love is? What does that, what does that represent? I, when someone says that, I think of the man's upthrust. That's the power <laughs> of love. <laughs> then what would the downthrust be called? That's just the, uh, you know, you have to have like a, uh, like a, like an intake of breath, like a recession before the, another, you know, mm. the, I don't know, the resting period the of love. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> I, uh, I want to do some power of love, followed quickly by a, uh, what, what'd you call it? Resting period of love? Resting period another of love. power of love. Yeah, Maybe yeah. a few resting periods in a row. Just to, <laughs> like, you know, you're like, you're really just backing up like a bull, ready to head for that <laughs> right. red curtain thing right. that the matador holds. Or let me on top, and then we're, you know, then it's fine. <laughs> then your power of loves are just a little, oh, oh, you mean you, you're turned around, so you're you're pointing down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Okay. I was like, wow, you're, what are you thrusting at? The sky? That's weird. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> My back is on top of her and I'm just thrusting at the (laughs) ceiling fan. (laughs) I love that though. That's fun. That's where, that's what I was thinking in my head. My God. All right. So in this episode, we'll be covering the stories of some of the main entries in the Contra series. And there are lots of Contra games out there, many of which have no bearing on the overall plot and several others that are simply reimagining of earlier games. And there's even one game that's all about a bunch of white supremacists who love to argue, known as... Contra 5, the Contraarian race. <laughs> That's so the con- <laughs> <laughs> That was the best portmanteau work I've done on this podcast. In this episode, we'll briefly be hitting on the who, what, and why for Contra, Super Contra, Operation Contra, Contra 3, Alien Wars, and Contra 4. And that's it. If you want more Contra, you got to go play it yourself. <laughs> Basically, these are the games starring Bill and Lance. So we are sticking to their narratives here. There are, of course, other Contra games like Neo Contra Hardcore, Contra Hardcore Shattered Soldier, Brutal Bro Kill, Contra Turbo Fighter, uh, Contra Upthrust Fighter, Contra (laughs) Power of Love Fighter, Mm -hmm. uh, Contra the Contraning, Pat Contra. Oh. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, ones. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's you know, it's not as good as it used to be. Uh but it's <laughs> it's all right. Oh man. Uh but there's a lot of them. You know what? And uh we're not talking about all those today. We're only going to talk about the real ones that weren't make 'em ups. <laughs> I really want to play though uh the Contraning. That sounds like a like a, a, a spooky horror game with Contra infused. I like that. 
No, it, you just play as the devs actually making a Contra game. So it's it's kind of sweatshoppy, to be honest. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. It is scary still. Good point. So the Contra series is a bit unwieldy to cover in some ways. One of those ways is because Japanese audiences and American audiences received different versions of the games. For example, the Japanese Famicom version of the original Contra used Konami's own self-produced VC VRC2 mapper, which allowed for cutscenes and background animations, while American audiences can go bankrupt if they break an arm because we all have a terrible healthcare system. That's the main differences between <laughs> those two versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, wow. I mean, imagine the healthcare they got. Imagine the insurance policies on Bill and Lance, though. <laughs> I think what they do is they just find people who aren't insured. Because that really kind of expands the pool mm. of available Americans that can help out with this fight against the aliens. Also, if the aliens take over the Earth, everyone's going to die eventually. So, you know. Or maybe the aliens. Good healthcare coverage. <laughs> Good point. You never That's know. Fair point. Fair point. We you should have know. given them a chance. <laughs> also, each region's games are based on a different time period. And that makes our jobs as chroniclers very inconvenient. We'll get to it later in the episode, but just know that Japan's Contra is based in the future of 2633 AD, while North America's Contra is based in sweaty, headband-wearing, and oily, muscle-brandished 1987. Whoa! Now, at some point later, Konami decided enough was enough, and they merged the timelines so that everyone here on Earth could stop worrying about climate change and crippling income inequality and enjoy the same timeline for their Contras. Right, finally! Yes, yes, and that decision single-handedly ended the Cold War and brought peace to the world and... Also, sorry, everyone, we're a political podcast now, but uh, it had to happen. <laughs> well, uh, no, see, it, it didn't and we aren't. But but just ah. so the audience is aware, we are basing our timeline off the Japanese versions because that is, in fact, the official timeline. Uh, now, if you're North American and most of you probably are, you'll have to imagine that 600 years from now, armed soldiers still wear tight, brightly colored leggings and don't believe in sleeves, much less body armor. Ah, the 80s. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good year, decade, mm. they call that. So let's get to it, starting with the original Contra released in 1987. The year is 2633, or roughly 600 years from today. In this future, the entire Earth falls under one government called the Earth Federation Government. The Earth Federation Government maintains an army composed of elite soldiers known as Contra. You're asking, if the entire Earth is controlled by one government, then for what purpose do we need an elite army? Who would we even war with? God. Well, not quite. Terrorists. Probably, but what else? One more chance. Oh, aliens. <laughs> of course, aliens. Yes. In contrast, most renowned soldiers are Bill Riser and Lance Bean. Just in the eight, like not even that long ago, Bill and Lance were cool <laughs> names. <laughs> and anything with a Z in it made it extra cool. Yeah, it's just weird because, you know, when I think of the 80s, I'm thinking of like, uh, like Scotty. That's like an 80s name, like things with E on the end of like <laughs> yeah. a Billy or a Marty or mm -hmm. a Scotty. But for Contra, they're like Lance and Bill. <laughs> I want to try. I want to try. Uh, Greggy. No, that's not. That's not cool, man. Franklin. <laughs> They're so close. There's one was, in there, though. I was on there. Oh damn! It. Yeah, you were close. I'm like, gonna put. Yeah. I'm gonna put some thought into this. I'll, I'll give back to you. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not done with this. So Bill Riser, codenamed Mad Dog, and sometimes going by the alias Mystery G for some reason, is a private first class Contra soldier who specializes in heavy weaponry, guerrilla tactics, and survival. Lance Bean, 
codenamed Scorpion, has the exact same set of skills <laughs> and wears blue pants while Bill wears red pants. Well, so maybe I was a bit generous with saying he had the exact same set of skills. I mean, Lance couldn't hide from a predator in front of a waist-high red wall like Bill can, right? <laughs> so I apologize, dear listeners. Uh, well, you know, Lance Bean, to me, sounds like a medical procedure for sewing up a clitoris. So I, I don't I don't know. I'll, there's something about that name. I don't know. Something about it. I, it does. It's 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 the it's the act of spearing a legume. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got to we got to we got to this weekend. What are you doing? Uh, I'm just going to probably just going to go, you know, shopping. I'm going to go. I'm going to go bean lancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is your garden coming in? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's and great. It <laughs> what makes it really fun, okay? What makes it really fun? I know you're laughing at me, like behind behind your your smile. You're laughing at me for this, but you try yeah. getting on top of a full sized actual horse with a full sized medieval lance and spearing several beans consecutively while riding on a full gallop. You try it, but you can't do it. That sounds like a practical skill to me, man. <laughs> that sounds like something you'll use every day. Help! The beans are attacking our village! <laughs> oh, shit. I know a guy. <laughs> get, get the bean lancer. Uh, <coughs> so in the original Contra arcade game and its popular NES port, pants color is the distinguishing feature between Bill and Lance. Although on the game's cover, they are portrayed as popular action heroes from the films Predator and Rambo. Bill's cropped blonde hair resembles Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal of Major Dutch Schaefer in the 1987 blockbuster Predator, while Lance's shoulder-length dark hair and red headband is reminiscent of Sylvester Stallone's John Rambo character. Even the names have their own 80s action movie influences, with Bill Reiser being a combination of Bill Paxton and Paul Reiser, stars of the hit space thrillers Aliens. You have my 80s boner so erect right now, it looks like a garbage pail kid. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I just, oh, everything about that. You got Rambo, you got Dutch Schaefer, the alien. Oh, man. Everything yeah. there was great. Everything was great. Uh, especially, I see Paul Reiser was, is an interesting choice because, yeah, sure, from Aliens. But also from that sitcom, uh, which is weird that they would have. Uh, oh, with Helen Hunt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's weird that they would like be like, that's the pinnacle of masculinity right there. Look at that guy. <laughs> The guy who the guy who awkwardly fumbles every sentence like an American uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> he is the American Hugh Grant. He's the there American you go. Hugh Grant. Here in 2633 AD, our heroes are dispatched to the Galuga Ar Archipelago to fight off a fast-growing terrorist group. The tropical Galuga Islands are fictional, but are said to be located off the coast of New Zealand in the Southwest Pacific. The islands go beyond dense jungles with the usual vegetation and fauna that are common to the tropics. And also have high elevations with towering snowy mountains. You know, basically for the purposes of having a snow level. That's the only reason that this <laughs> island in the Pacific near tropical range has snowy mountains. They're like, we got to have, we got to have a snow level. We have to. <laughs> it's the law in Japan. <laughs> Is one of those mountains also a volcano so they can have the lava level? It, it's probably in there. I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Lance start off in the jungle where their helicopter leaves them, and it's worth pointing out that this helicopter remains in the air for the duration of its time in Contra, Ooh. and thus earns a hearty round of applause from us 
hosts of Another Chopper Bites the Dust in a Video Game podcast. <laughs> we ended up renaming it Tales of the Lesser Medium because that was slightly fewer syllables. Slightly. <laughs> yeah. We also considered uh, No Helicopter Survives. <laughs> hey, what's that helicopter thing doing in the air? <laughs> and my personal favorite, It's the Devil Kill It, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Could you, I mean, honestly, though, if you were maybe uh, an indigenous person and you'd never seen a helicopter and you saw one flying over your village, you might think it's th- <laughs> I would throw spears at that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the opening jungle scene and most of the other levels are full of enemy soldiers sprinting full speed toward our Contra soldiers while they sprint in the opposite direction in a game of military chicken. <laughs> Which is just the military, right? I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Especially the way they fought, like the uh, the Revolutionary War. Like, did you ever oh, see that right. movie? Or they're just walking toward each other, and yeah. And you Mel Gibson you, you watch that, and you're like, yeah, honor, or I guess maybe, uh, but why? Like, yeah, I would be uh, in the guy in the back, sense. and when I thought no one else was looking, I'd strip off my giant red uniform and hide in the woods forever. <laughs> now I live here. Do you think there was one new recruit during the uh, during the the initial like sort of planning sessions? He just kind of raised his hand and was like, um, <laughs> "Sir, uh, Sergeant, Lieutenant, Commander, Colonel, whatever." Uh, I got a I got a I got a suggestion. Um, let's not line up in perfect formation with a a dedicated band that follows us around, <laughs> and with a flag that you can see above any treetop. In this particular area of the world, I'd also tone down the colors. Let's mute yeah. those colors a bit. Can we do maybe just one of those things? Can we do one of those things <laughs> and then try it? I bet our survival rate would be better. And of course, that was shot down. Uh, well, literally. Yes. Yeah, he just was killed right there in that room. <laughs> <laughs> First one to shoot the other in the face while dodging the enemy's face shooting fire wins. Uh, despite clearly being in the jungle, there is no wildlife to speak of, which is probably good, or else it would have to die, too. Maybe it's dead already, because you think about mm. it, those terrorists probably needed to practice killing something on this island. Why not the wildlife? That's a good point, because there's only mm-hmm. two. There's one Bill and one Lance. Two people get one practice shot each, or one person who's really, you know, uh, kind of a jerk gets two practice shots, and that's really it. And then what are they practicing for once Bill and Lance are dead? Mission solved. So. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Let's Got go him. home. <laughs> There's only two soldiers on Earth, and they sent both yeah. of them, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> At the end of the jungle romp, Bill and Lance are faced with the most terrifying of all enemies, a wall. You know, you sound like you're being a little bit flippant, but <laughs> Dale Earnhardt doesn't think that's funny, because walls can be an enemy. They can they can stop you dead in your tracks. Literally. I don't think he thinks anything right now. Now don't don't <laughs> Is desecrate this... the memory of Dale Earnhardt. He fought hard for our country, man. Yeah. He was he was uh was he on Tour de Tour de Tour de France? Did the biking? That's him, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the intimidator yeah. was definitely riding a bike. Yeah, that's yeah. him. You got the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely isn't car racing, because that's a stupid sport. (laughs) All right. The defense wall is itself defended with a pair of turrets and a gunner on top, which seems excessive given that there's turrets, but we'll we'll let it slide. Oddly, the wall looks to end just at the tree line, and it appears possible to simply walk around the thing entirely, but this is a 2D video game, and well, 
it seems that going inside the wall is the real goal here for us soldiers. This reminds me of a story from back in the day, high hmm. school. Okay. There were these two kids a year ahead of me, kind of uh, mad geniuses, if you will. These kids were a little bit weird. I won't get too, too into the details, but they were like, they were, re- they're really smart. They did, you know, great grades and all this stuff, but they got bored one summer and they were managing one of the sports teams that were traveling over the summer. They had keys to the school. And all summer long, they had been breaking in and, and doing all kinds of hijinks, doing all kinds of uh, <laughs> of uh, vandalism and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, one night, uh, they decided, hey, it'd be great. Uh, I think we can rob all the all the snack machines. And so they got a, a, a suitcase and, and went there and unloaded all the quarters into it. But then, uh, because there had been a lot of break-ins, a cop kind of is onto them and he, he comes around back and spotlights them and they get scared they run outside <laughs> carrying this big giant suitcase full of quarters and they're like well this isn't going to work because this is a heavy suitcase full of quarters and we're trying to run from the cops so they throw it up in the air and it bursts everywhere and uh which I, that i know because I, I played football later on that fall and every time we were uh, in practice we would all be finding quarters all year be like oh look i found a quarter uh but but the, here's the part that's funny to me uh they they were running from the cops and it was dark and they ran behind this uh, grocery store and they got to a fence and they're like shit Ah, I guess we have to climb it. And they start climbing the fence like Spider-Man. And they're, you know, they're not like the most athletic kids. They're getting like their shirts caught on it. They're a little bit portly, out of breath, trying to climb this fence. And they both get over it and realize that the fence ended like two feet away and they could have <laughs> ran around it. And that's the whole reason they got caught. And I think about that all the time. So, yeah, that fence, that wall ended at the tree line. Could have just walked around, but they went on inside anyway. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so once the wall is destroyed, destroyed by shooting its glowing weak spot right in the center, Bill and Lance then enter and prepare for their next test, fighting through the inside of the enemy base. All right. Here, the game goes from a side-scrolling 2D view to a view highly reminiscent of 3D, where our <laughs> heroes must dodge beams of electricity, floor mines, turret fire, and regular old gunfire from waves of enemy goons. At the end of the corridor is, well, something, I mean... <laughs> It's hard to tell what it is, but in Contra lore, it is known as the Garmakilma. It's a wall-like contraption with a shifting eye on top that fires rings of fire out of it. Does this Garmakilla come and go? Come and go? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Does this Garmakamelia come and go and go and go? Okay. It's, I got it. I got yeah, it. Well, okay, you know, okay. my, my thing was uh, it shoots uh, rings of fire out of it and it burns, burns, burns. <laughs> Oh, man, we got jokes tonight. We won't go in depth on every stage here, but next is a waterfall Bill and Lance must climb before entering another 3D base that takes them to the snowy mountains where they fight a bulldozer. (laughs) We need to talk about this bulldozer because in Contra, it's called the Dogra and looks like a snow plow that's been modded for a destruction derby, which is pretty sweet. It has a spiky front bumper like my wife and a cannon mounted on top. Like my wife. No, I'm kidding about the, the wife part. Come on. Come on. But the guy driving this thing is either drunk as hell or just not prepared to take a human life because he's just a big tease. He drives almost he drives almost right up to Bill and Lance, could, could plow them right over, you know? A few more inches. Just would have fucking done it in. But he leaves them barely enough room to live. One punch at the gas. They're dead. And he slowly backs away over and over, kind of massaging the tease. And so as Bill or Lance or whoever, you just stand there and just fucking shoot him to death while he teaches you with a bunch of drive and reverse like that scene from Austin Powers, you know, where he gets that cart stuck in that hallway. I love that part. But that's what that's what's going on. I, it's weird. You could just kill him. He could just run him over. Doesn't do it. 
Oh, my, see, my theory is that the Contra designers love the meta narrative, right? And the snowplow thing is actually a garbage collector, which is a physical mm. embodiment of the game programming term garbage collector, which is where mm. assets are allocated in system memory to die when the game no longer needs them. Or as in the case with Contra and the waterfall level that this garbage truck caps off, where assets are allocated to die because the damn system cannot keep the bottom of the screen in memory, meaning that every two-player version of this game turns into a one-player yelling at the other because the other is moving too fast up the level, causing me to die over and over again. But all that's just theory. I mean, it could also be the, the drunk dog or driver thing you mentioned. Can a uh, video game podcast host be too nerdy? Is that a thing? Is that possible? Challenge accepted. <laughs> After that, it's off to the energy zone, which is basically an industrial area, although it's not clear what they are making here besides death. I see <laughs> beams of fire burst out of the walls and enemies on turrets shoot at Bill and Lance throughout the entire zone of energy and this gets a big nope out of osha i'm sure i'm sure they don't like any of this if they had known this ahead of time this would have been shut down completely this military battle zone is unsafe guys come on come on read your three ring binders it says energy zone on the front which gives me this whole idea that it's some type of power generator and there's going to be a lot of precaution taking place but i'm seeing a lot of turrets and guns in here and that's not safe in the workplace <laughs> next is the hangar stage where planes are traditionally built and stored, but here in this hangar, coats are on it. <laughs> That's not true. It's a different kind of hangar. It's just it's just it's just for storing giant, unpredictable spike devices that drop down from the ceiling at any given moment. It's not safe in here. I'll say that again. <laughs> Thanks, Osha. But these spikes also frisk all your crevices before you're allowed to be squashed by them. So it's kind of like, I guess riding in a plane and i i know i've tried to help people out i've shown up naked before thinking that i was saving everyone a hassle but it doesn't work like that they lock you in a room and make you talk to a police officer for a long time <laughs> finally the contra soldiers reach the aliens lair until now the environs have been everyday typical ho-hum standard human things like jungles and factories and waterfalls mm -hmm. and mountains blah, and most blah, of blah. the opposition has been again everyday typical ho-hum standard human things like Pro-alien soldiers, giant mechanical bosses, armed blah, defense blah, walls, blah, and other non-living things, except for level three, ah. the waterfall level. See, there the heroes fight Gromaeides, an enormous tentacle demon. But I'm guessing underneath those tentacles were typical pro-alien soldiers, giant mechanical bosses, and blah, 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 all those blah, other blah, things blah, blah. Yeah, that I said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, yeah. That had to be a surprise, though, to Bill and Lance. Imagine they thought this whole mission, the government, uh, Earth Federation government or whatever, was like, fellas, we need you to go down to uh, New Zealand way there, and there's going to be a whole faction of terrorists, and I know it's just the two of you, and there's probably several hundred of them, but you're the best we've got. So we need you to go in there and wipe out all of those most likely human terrorists. Okay? Have fun. And then they're climbing up a waterfall and see a hell cracking. You know? Imagine that. They probably <laughs> shot a glance at each other, but like, what? What the fuck is this? I thought we were just going to be fighting humans and computers. So if the aliens were trying to keep the fact that they were controlling the terrorists a secret, they really showed their hand there with that tentacle demon. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Bill. Uh, um, my military training tells me. Yeah. That even though that very alien-like tentacled creature looks, as I just said, like an alien... I got to say, it's probably not, though. It's probably not because, you know, military training and all, you, when they think you're going to zig, you zag. I'm with you, man. I'm, this is clearly a zag to me because I, 
we all, all the way up this waterfall, we were fighting human guys, right? And I was like, True, human right. here, human there, boom, boom, bang, mm-hmm. bang, 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 bang. We even had a discussion earlier today where I said uh, we were eating that biscuit down by the uh, the water. I said that was a good uh, biscuit. I was. I don't even know where we got it, but it was delicious. I said uh, this Red Falcon group of human terrorists have not been bad so far. I remember saying that to you. I was like, mm-hmm. easy to kill, one shot kills on these guys. Right. Not a big deal. That thing. That's a tentacle demon. I have a hard yeah. time just I just want to well I feel like we need to tell somebody about it other than Let's the- look at the evidence. Let's look at the evidence right here. Okay. Humans killed with one shot. Mhm. Tentacle de- sorry, alleged tentacle demon. Alleged. Killed with I like that. Greater than one shot, right? I it, several it was shots. greater than one, right? It was several. My gun was almost empty after the first tentacle, to be honest with okay, you. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so the math works out. Se- several, several shots. Several. Okay, okay. Okay, so that that's one in the pro-alien column, right? Okay, okay. <sighs> yeah. Uh, uh, number two, the uh, the humans, they could, do ju- they could do jump flips in the air, which I yeah. thought until this very day that that was not a human thing. Well, we can apparently do it, it is. But, but we're specially yeah. trained ops, Exactly, exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. I thought I'm, I was a superhuman. Turns out... Or fighting other superhumans, which are aliens. That's my point yeah. in here. They they are okay. not aliens. Tentacle demon. You're smoothing it out for me. Yeah, you're smoothing it out for me. I'm starting to get it now. I'm certain. Okay, I'm come to terms with the fact that this this and I'm I'm still looking at this alien tentacle demon waving at us right now. Hi, uh, I'm still th- this <laughs> is an alien <laughs> thing that we're doing, isn't it? That's what it's. <laughs> man, this is hard for me to swallow. What I don't understand though, the name Red Falcon. I don't see a lot of falcons. That's my problem I, with that. I've seen three falcons. Oh, shit. One was brown. One was dark brown. One was light brown. <laughs> no red falcons. No red None. falcons. That's what I thought. Who would name Who would name their group, group after a color of falc- falcon that doesn't exist? Probably that's a group saying. that's never seen a falcon. Oh, aliens. Aliens. It's what it is. Okay. Hey, hey, okay. hey, tentacle monster beast. Feel free to say, feel free to say we're being rude. Are you an alien by chance? Yes. Oh, we should have just well, asked him. We should have been he- way easier. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why we had to do this whole skit thing. We should have done that at the beginning. <laughs> as, as Bill and Lance enter the alien's lair, there's no mistaking it. An alien entity is in control of the Red Falcon army. Yes, and other than that skit, I mean, we've not really <laughs> talked about the Red Falcon much, but it is it is a militant terrorist organization, and the whole reason Bill and Lance were called in in the first place. Basically, Red Falcon set up a base in a location where a meteorite had landed on Galuga, and everyone just kind of thought these soldiers were no-gooders no doing uh, dick stuff, like a terrorist. But turns <laughs> out they are brainwashed by aliens who are using the Red Falcon to do their bidding in annihilating the human race so they can repopulate the Earth. I mean, it's still dick stuff. I mean, terrorists probably love that idea. They're like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, I fucking wish. But, you know, this one is actually called on by a higher order, not just some asshat. Or at least that's what it seems like. (laughs) You know, uh, it's an important flaw in the alien logic here. They want to destroy all of the humans on this planet, correct? Seems like it. So they think, okay, well, we need to we need to equip ourselves with the capabilities of being able to do that. So we want to kill all these humans. We can only do that by leveraging these weak humans to kill the humans. Like they, they want to they want to completely eradicate the world of humans 
And the only way that they can do that is by arming the things that are weak enough to be defeated by them in the first place. Like it seems, <laughs> it seems circular. Plus they have like giant uh, turret walls. Just, just build more of those. I mean, yeah. those put up a li- those put up more of a fight than all of the humans combined. So just do that. We'll see some enemies later that uh, certainly seem capable of killing a whole lot of people uh, without this whole brainwashing bunch of people in New Zealand move. Right, right. So right now we're inside the lair of the alien or the alien lair, mm-hmm. if you like brevity. Bill and Lance must get at the heart of the matter. Literally, okay, the lair itself appears living and breathing. Mouth-like orifices protrude from the pink, fleshy floor walls and ceiling where newborn scorpion-looking creatures called buggers just spew forth all over the place. Now, these demon insects, they scurry quickly and threateningly, and there's also crustacean-like aliens called bundles that levitate and look like evil shrimp. The Contra must destroy it all in order to survive. And not long into the lair do Bill and Lance happen upon an enormously hideous... Cock. That thing is a penis. You cannot tell me that thing's not a penis. That is a big old horned, sharp tooth fanged dick. <laughs> and we're not we're not not we're not even being crude just for laughs. I mean the mini boss in the alien's lair known as Emperor Demon Dragon God Java. That's an insecure name if I've ever heard one. I wasn't finished. Uh Satan Coffee Toffee Mochaccino <laughs> Latte. <laughs> okay, now I'm finished. Yeah, it looks like a big mean <laughs> Hoiner. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> the final boss of the arcade version and was even called Red Falcon at one point before the lore was later amended. More like Red Rocket, am I right? <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. You put a giant spike-toothed dick in a video game, Tales of the Lesser Medium's going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why we built this podcast. With an effective duck-and-cover strategy, the giant spiked ceiling wang is defeated, and it's now time for the real final boss, a heart. And you know... What's the fastest way to a guy's heart? His dick. Bill and Lance with the impeccable strategy here. The impeccable. <laughs> the heart's proper name is the Heaven King Demon Breeding Heart Gamaramos, or just Gamaramos King for short. Could always go shorter there, I think. Uh, go anus? Is that, is that, which is, it's shorter. Sure. <laughs> this is actually the still beating heart of the evil dingling that Bill and Lance just destroyed. It's the life source of the entire operation, and it continually births the skittering buggers as its defense. Bill and Lance continue beating on it until it explodes, as one does. Until it explodes? Wait, so the heart was a dick, too? (laughs) Yeah. It's a a turdicken. It's a dick Ah. inside of a dick inside of a dick. (laughs) Russian dick doll. I hate him. <laughs> oh, I want one of those now. That, that would be—that's got to be a novelty figurine you can find somewhere. I want. I'm looking it up after this. After we record this, shortly after the entire island explodes as Bill and Lance exit on a military helicopter, that it's worth noting also does not crash before our eyes. Love to hear. They sure don't make those uh, helicopters like they used to in 1987, or I guess maybe they make them even better. In 2633. Either way, good chopper. Good chopper. <laughs> so that's all for the first Contra, but we are just getting started. Okay, up next is Super Contra, better known as Super C, another arcade game with a popular NES port. It released a year after Contra and advances our story just one year from 2633 to 26. 
Does he carry the one remainder of, yeah, 2634, <laughs> right? So yes. Bill and Lance are back on another mission. And as these things go in video games, they only thought that they had killed all of the aliens before it turns out there's another alien base somewhere in Africa. And like with the Red Falcon terrorist organization, the soldiers at this base have become brainwashed and possessed by aliens. There's no saving them now. Bill and Lance must exterminate the former soldiers and the alien creatures who are controlling them. And how much effort did they really put into determining if the soldiers could actually be saved? That's that's a good choice because they're just like, uh, hey, are you brainwashed? <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> it didn't seem like to be any intermediary like, you want to go to therapy for a few days just to see? <laughs> no? Okay, well, I guess we'll have to kill you. <laughs> it's a real catch-22, which can you swim or float situation, right? There's no right answer. You're going to get gunned down. I guess. Because Bill and Lance are fighting a possessed military, they fight waves of infantrymen, and their first boss battle is against a giant helicopter. <gasps> oh, no! We've become the enemy! <laughs> like the previous game, Super Contra's bosses are largely mechanical things, like armored vehicles, one that shoots deadly bubbles, and a laser chandelier. Honey, can we have a laser chandelier? I've always wanted one! <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw this out at you here, Travis. Could you please tell everyone that it's pronounced chandelier? That's Honey, can we have a laser chandelier? <laughs> <laughs> Not if you keep pronouncing it like that. <laughs> Super Contra ramps up to the aliens. Unlike the first where the tentacle demon greets you at the top of a waterfall and there's not another alien for a while. Here, they save the aliens until later, which is a small observation on our part, but does make sense narratively in some meaningful way. Always graduate slowly to aliens, though. That's true here. That's true in everyday conversation. If you want to talk about aliens, that's no earlier than a 23rd date discussion. You got to be <laughs> gradual if you want to bring them up. Trust me. <laughs> the first alien enemy is an alien battleship five levels in. And in the next level, we meet Emperor Demon Gava. Not to be confused with Java from earlier. This is a different Starbucks order. <laughs> yes, Gava is the main leader of the Red Falcon alien army. And Java was the big scary Pete <laughs> And Guava <laughs> was the name of the penis inside the penis. <laughs> That's right, the 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 yeah. penis uh, Russian penis doll. And it's worth <laughs> noting that although the Red Falcons were the terrorist organization that Bill and Lance wiped out in the first game, it becomes the moniker given to any human soldiers fighting on behalf of the aliens. So these military guys in Africa who are brainwashed they're just now called Red Falcons, and mostly uh, dead Red Falcons now, thanks to Bill and Lance. Gah, the game's localization team probably put more effort into defending their decision to not change the name as it would have taken to simply change the name. <laughs> that game's localization team put a lot of effort in some places they really didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so Gava is an ugly fella, too. Like, he protrudes from the wall with serpent-like eyes and a mouthful of enormous fangs, which is an appropriate place for fangs to be, <laughs> I, I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Well, the lore says that Gava leads the Red Falcons, but how can a thing like that lead? I guess hive mind stuff? Like, I don't see Gava getting down on the ground and training the boys, is all I'm saying. He's just a disembodied <laughs> face in a wall. And he's scary looking, but I don't know what he's, he's going to do. You know, I don't know, like, I guess Igava, you know, there's soldiers in front of him and he's like, all right, guys, listen up. 
I need you all to, we're, today we're going to practice our form when we're shooting from our stomachs. I need everybody to get down into a prone position. Guys? Hey, no, they're uh, not listening. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, sure, sure, sure thing, Gava, uh, but first could you hand me that pen? <laughs> you know I can't hand you any pens, I'm just a face on a wall. No, I just want to take some notes. I just want to, you know, I want to make sure I get the, you said prone, right? I, I see, I thought prune. Had I written it down, I would have known, but okay, uh, can you? Just get down you on your just... stomachs. Get down oh. on your stomachs. You uh, need me, like, you need like, like me this? to say like, it louder? Like, like this with my feet on the ground and my hands in the air? Is that what you want? Does it look like you're on your, you're on your, you're on the stomach of your feet. That's not what yeah, I mean. Yeah. If I had a pen, I could have taken that note. Uh, this is tough. This is tough for me. I'm just a dumb human, right? That's why That's why we're susceptible to your brain tremors. Listen, just because I'm stuck to a wall doesn't mean I can't come down there. I, will... I think that's exactly what it means, Gava, actually. That's Hold literally on. what it means. Does my breath smell bad? Take that. Huh? Yeah, it smells like my penis. Oh, that's oh, right. You, you, you sleep you deep. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. I don't know why they made me leader. You boys never listen to me. <laughs> Your face during. <laughs> I wish we were recording the video. You, you were very committed to that voice. <laughs> I love him. He's uh, fun. Uh, <laughs> so you might think that's it, right? Bill and Lance destroyed the main leader of the Red Falcon Army. What's left to do? Well, there is more. There is an organic defense system that must be destroyed, known as my biceps, right? Ah, <laughs> yes. Nope, that's not oh. what it's called. Oh, uh, man. It's, called, it's actually called death gerbus, <laughs> which, nah, biceps I would have went with. Again, localization <laughs> team. Come on, put your effort where it needs to be. It's not, and see, death gerbus is just gross because it sounds more like a fun name for syphilis, you know? It does. And I will say it does sound more fun. I'd rather say that I had that than syphilis, uh, but it sounds like syphilis for gerbils, I'll be honest. <laughs> to be fair, you don't have to say if you have any of those. You could keep oh, that quiet. I've just been walking yeah. into the bank and being like, I have this list of things. Everybody listen up. <laughs> and how many friends has that netted you? A couple. I mean, but they also have these things. Ah, see, yeah. that's what you do. That's why you talk about aliens on the first date. You find the right ones. You find the right ones. I guess. So we should also point out. The names of these enemies vary by region, so we're reading you the ja translated Japanese names, which are considered the originals, but oftentimes the English names are just more fun. Like, like, this one is called the Temple of Terror. See, now that sounds like a fun haunted ride at Six Flags. And I think, I think it is, actually. <laughs> Other examples include the alien spaceship from earlier, which was called the Crypto Crustacean in English. Is that a Bitcoin? <laughs> and Gava is called... Jagger Freud in English. That is fucking awesome, despite sounding like a German word for fucking a handful of plums. <laughs> and our final enemy, officially named Kimco, is called the Golden Beast in English. Uh, and neither of those names do this thing justice, though. This monstrosity looks like an elephant hugging a human face on a tick's body. Holy shit, that's perfect. <laughs> it's disturbing to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, it shoots laser beams and poisonous gas from its eyes, and it uses its frog legs to leap in an attempt to crush the Contra soldiers. Sucks a mean dick, though. <laughs> it might. Actually. I'm just staying, I'm just staying positive. It's gross. It's a gross-looking thing. <laughs> Once again, Bill and Lance are flown out by a highly capable helicopter 
and into a sunset. Ooh, another highly capable helicopter. We're doing yes. good. Yes. We have three, at least three or four so far. <laughs> Fucking killing it. So we have to ask ourselves, have the aliens been dealt with for good? And listener, you know better than that. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. fast forward one year from 2634 to 26... Carrie, you have, uh, wait. Carrie, I got to calculate yeah. if this joke is still funny. You, just one second. You've got it. You've got yeah, it. Yeah, 2635. It's good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and enter Operation Contra, better known as Operation C on the Game Boy. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the localization team can't even bring back the full word of the title for this century. You know, you you give them an inch with Super C, right? Mm-hmm. And then you maybe give them a few more inches with not having to rename Red Falcon. Then you give them a few more literal inches with that lengthy dong-shaped beast that we encountered. <laughs> and then they just take the full fucking mile here and shorten the game title again. You Man. can't do that to them. Localization people are lazy. There I said Lazy. That's Come right. at me. Write me a very short, angrily worded email. In English, right. please. <laughs> but first in Japanese, then, tra- then English. <laughs> then Japanese. Carry the, carry the one. No, so narrative confusion sets in again with a Japanese version indicating that Bill and Lance have been called in to fight a hostile nation on an isolated South Pacific island. The nation is trying to use alien technology to build weapons of mass destruction. In the English version, it's basically the same premise as the first Contra, except it replaces Red Falcon with a new alien-controlled enemy calling itself Black Viper. Ooh, I kind of like the Japanese version because it's a bit of a different angle than the previous two games, but I also can't deny that Black Viper is a cool as fuck name. And I think they actually got the color of the animal correct this time. Yes, yes. I I think Vipers are indeed black, unlike, uh, unlike Falcons, who are mostly brown. <laughs> so we won't spend a lot of time on this one, but this time Bill and Lance abandon the chopper and arrive at the South Pacific Island by boat and start out by fighting a submarine. Hey, you got to get warmed up on something. Why not a submarine, right? Yeah, and though there are a lot of similar set pieces to the previous games here, but the last level is in a laboratory. Damn it, sorry, I forgot what podcast I'm on. Ah, is yes. in a laboratory mm. where aliens float in cryogenic tubes waiting to burst out at any moment. The final boss is Black Viper, a praying mantis-like monster and the alien's leader this time, who happens to also be Emperor Demon Gava's sister. Hell of a family. And again... Not the Dick's sister. This is the sister of the Red Army leader, Gava. Java's the Dick. Gava, the leader. Just want to just want to keep people in line on that. Hold on though. Hold on though. I mean, Gava may be a bit of a dick. You know, we must say in case we learn like something ethically compromising at some point in the future. Maybe he sure did some things that that he shouldn't have. You know, we he he, he's a dick retroactively. We'll just say it. Yeah, could have had a regrettable right? could have had a regrettable tweet somewhere. We don't even know about that yet. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Once she's defeated, you find she's protecting a glass tube with an alien cell inside, a source of living tissue that serves as a source of life for the aliens should they find themselves on the brink of extinction for some reason. <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe they storm another <laughs> planet and pick fights with two <laughs> sexy men with machine guns, huh? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And once more, Bill and Lance prevail. They destroy that glass tube, retrieve the cell, and destroy the island nation altogether. And then escape on a chopper. Oh, not a boat? Not the way they came? Not a actual boat, although. Hmm. Helicopters are skyboats, really, essentially. Okay. (laughs) And safely, they fly away with the island on fire in the background. Another success. And you'd think that'd do it, right? We got the one alien and his sister. But nope. 2636, one more year in the future, and the band is forced back together again. (laughs) It does, 
But this time, there's no more Bill and no more Lance. <gasps> At least, not in North America. See, in Contra 3 Alien Wars, enter Jimbo and Sully. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimbo and Sully sound like two farmhands who kiss each other a lot and didn't learn how to count until they were this many years old. <laughs> hey, Jimbo! Oh my god, I'm looking around here and I think, yeah, we're in a country game! Our great was a great, 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 great granddad's Bill and Lance, which it's weird that we would know each other given that long lineage, like the families didn't separate. I mean, I don't think they were kin or nothing, but here we are, two farmhands that kiss a lot, and here we are fighting aliens, man. Hey, oh. it's the magic of the internet, man. When we connected on Ancestry.com, yeah. we were, it was just like, this is this is what the site's for. I mean, it's a yeah. it's basically a tree without leaves. And, yeah. and we just ride up on it, and uh, and uh, it was good to it was good to see you on that side. Uh, but uh, yeah, here we are in this contra, just contraing along, doing some contra stuff, doing our contra thing, you know. Yeah, you got a lot of teeth. <laughs> so why Jimbo and Sully? Well, in the North American versions chronology, this makes sense because for all of the games up until now, in North America only, Contra was set in the modern day. Remember, it was in the 1980s in Contra for us North American kids. Now again, our versions of Contra, Super C, and Operation C were altered to be in modern day from the original and quote-unquote more official Japanese versions, which were set in the 2600s, as we've used thus far in this narrative. And then, for Contra 3, Konami decided that localization team working a little too hard on all the wrong things. <laughs> Screw this different timelines crap. So they were making the settings futuristic for one version and contemporary for another this whole time. For this game, they just changed the character names for the American version instead and went all futuristic for all regions. Way less work. But for this to make sense, they had to replace North America's Bill and Lance with their descendants, Jimbo and Sully. Technically, technically, it's still Bill and Lance because technically, technically, the official timeline has only moved forward one year and not 600. Good to know. Good technically speaking, of course. To fucking know. As the title Contra 3 Alien Wars implies, the aliens have launched a full-scale war on Earth against mankind because they didn't learn their lessons the first many times. So Enough the of opens. the partial-scale wars. <laughs> we gotta go with the full-scale war. I don't know why we keep we're half-assing. Yeah, that was the problem. The first it was Contra the alien situation. <laughs> that it was that it was Contra to the alien uh, argument. The alien surprise. Now they're like straight up to it's Contra two point five. The alien skirmish. Uh, <laughs> Now they're right into Contra 3 Alien Wars. I mean, Finally. Yeah, it's the logical progression. Yeah. The game opens on a decimated city street with burning buildings in the background showing the enormous scale of the destruction. Bill and Lance fight through demolished city streets down a dilapidated highway and through a well-defended industrial zone. Later, they hop on hovering bikes and cruise down a highway in the middle of the desert before taking to the sky. I hate to say this, but this is where I'm like, okay. <laughs> no way. We've been fighting the aliens for four years, but we're only now breaking out the fucking hovering motorbikes? Oh, and they don't just hover. They can fly way up in the sky. Why just, <laughs> why were they, where have they been? That was the, the schematics were in the glass vial that they stole from that alien womb. You know, a couple, uh, maybe. couple paragraphs back, I that, think, something. That glass vial is going to come back later, and if it, oh, maybe, it had the, maybe it had the schematics in it and some other... You're right, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck. We'll fuck it. That's the only guess I have. I mean, this, this, this series is nothing if not 
logically coherent. We are just not smart enough to grasp it. That's why we're trying. That's what we do here. We're trying to piece it together. I know it's like an Indiana Jones when, or no, no, I'm sorry. I guess it was Indiana Jones. No, no, it's not. It's the Goonies. When Data's shoes do all the fancy stuff, the whole time I'm like, sure, there's a... There's a pirate down there. I've talked about this before. There's a pirate down there with a lot of treasure underground in a, in a cave in the middle of Oregon. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, kids are going to go find it. But as soon as Data does the thing like with his shoes and he makes oil come out of it to make it slick, I'm like, oh, fuck you. That's not possible. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's it's amazing because those things are incredibly situationally effective. And all of those situations come to pass, which is <laughs> really coincidental. Good. Yeah. You know, I think he's operating on a level that his name is Data. I mean, he Smart has kid. access to things to be able to plan this out. Data, mm-hmm. they call it. Mm-hmm. Remember, as North American Contra players, we are only now seeing the future. In those original Japanese games, even Bill and Lance are in advanced high-tech suits. And there are more enemy robots than enemy people. The technology of this world far exceeds what we can comprehend. Granted, we chose to use the North American visuals and the Japanese timeline for our talk today. So yeah, it can be confusing. It's our oh. Oh, sure. Yeah. So what? We we tried to make a podcast interesting. My bad. But <laughs> but were there flying motorbikes in any of the previous Japanese games we've talked about? Let me ask you that. I am not qualified to answer that. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Moving on. In the air, the heroes fight a boss named Anti-Contra Battleship Rodriguez, which is apparently a mistranslation of the Latin surname Rodriguez. But still begs the question why an alien spaceship has a Latin surname to begin with. Oh, it begs the question hard and we have no answers. <laughs> After that, it's back into the alien's lair once again, this time to fight some brain tissue called Scorpabellum. It's an organic mound of living brain tissue with centipedes slithering out of it. That sounds fucking gross. Plus, it's in a pile of sand. You remember those sticky hands you would get out of the quarter machine at the grocery mm. store as a kid? And by the time you got it out of the car, it had so much fucking fuzz and dirt stuck to it, it was kind of gross to even look at. Imagine a wet, sticky brain in a pile of sand with centipedes crawling over, crawling all over it. Just filthy. That's, that's one dirty mind right there. <laughs> After you fight the gutter brain, it's onto the alien's headquarters. We made it! It's the Red Falcon's central base of operations, where Bill and Lance will put an official end to this war on Earth. It looks an awful lot like every other alien lair the heroes have tramped through so far, with fleshy tissue making up the ceiling and floor, mouths with gnashing teeth protruding from random parts of the walls, and the buggers, or baby aliens, are skittering about. And guess who else makes a return? Greg? No, no, not, not, not. <sighs> Close enough, though. Gava. Oh, yeah. The boss from earlier we made fun of because he's considered an army leader, but is mostly just a face. Ah, that old rotten son of a gun. Yeah. Once Gava goes down, <laughs> Bill and Lance <laughs> have to attack yet another brain. This one has a single unblinking eyeball in the middle, and it looks a lot like Grimace. Ah, like an old dried out Grimace who needs lotion. Or rather, it looks like a nutsack with one googly <laughs> eye stuck in the middle of it. All right. I'm writing that idea down. Just one <laughs> second here. I mean, yep. right. Yeah, that'd be a nice prank for your wife. <laughs> Uh, It's a two-eyed monster now. Check this out. (laughs) It's called Living Brain... uh, When I say it's called Living Brain Organism, uh, I'm talking about the game. I'm back to the game, not talking about my sack anymore. (laughs) It's called Living Brain Organism Cyril, and it's Gava's own sentient and mobile brain. Bill and Lance aren't impressed with anything anymore and dispatch the brain easily with their assault weapons. Mm. Then... Perfectly on time, 
a military chopper shows up, and Bill and Lance latch onto it with one arm and ride it as it ascends up and out of the alien nest. See, turns out all of this took place in a giant hole in the middle of the desert somewhere that a helicopter can just fly down into and then and then pick us up and, and, and fly us back out. Why didn't we just drop a bomb? All right, follow me along here. If I drop a bomb down that big hole and, uh, and not really have to send Bill and Lance in there because at the bottom of the hole is, is the eyeball demon. You, you could have mm-hmm. just killed it. You could have just flown over there. You could have just killed it with a bomb there. Didn't have to send in the... Uh, because there's already a, a chopper coming. You could have dropped a... Yeah. You, somebody could have dropped a bomb. I'm just saying you could have dropped a bomb down in that hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could have done that. I think... Uh, and they can't use the excuse that, I, I you know, how, how do we know the, the leader of the volcano is going to be relaxing in, in right in the open air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that, I say, where else would the owner of a volcano stay? Like that's the, that's prime real estate. You stay there. You just, or you, or you just make an educated guess. Be like, I'm guessing they're going to be out sunbathing yeah. about this time of day. Let's drop a bomb. Yeah. I would say if you see a big, uh, giant, uh, you know, living brain organism, serial sized hole in the desert, I say you just drop a bomb down in there no matter what. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. your chances yeah. on that. Yeah. And if you can't find a bomb, you try harder to find a bomb. Yeah, you keep looking for bombs. I'm with you. Yeah. As they're riding the chopper up and out, a metal contraption shows up to encase the big thought-to-be-dead brain and transforms it into a mech that starts rapidly climbing up and out of the nest and toward the elevating helicopter that Bill and Lance are clung to. The heroes fire down in an attempt to kill it before it creates a Tales of the Lesser Medium meme <laughs> out of the helicopter. <laughs> They pull it off, and the beasts plummet back to the giant chasm toward the center of the earth. The chopper emerges from a dark, gaping maw in the middle of the desert and flies off with Bill and Lance still attached to the bottom. Why won't they just land so our boys can get down? This seems (laughs) unnecessarily dangerous with them just one-armed hanging off the bottom of a helicopter to look cool. I mean, the whole credit scene goes through there, and they're just, they're flying... Just through the sky, latched onto the bottom of the chopper with one hand. And and you know who the unsung hero is in all these games so far? That chopper pilot. That mm-hmm. some bitch, he always shows up just in time to retrieve the boys right before an enormous explosion, before an island blows up, or before the desert blows up, or before a city blows up. And they have yet to crash this helicopter, and we've gone through one, two, three, four games. Yeah. I don't know, man. The, our, our two boys, Bill and Lance, they have they have one hand hanging from the... From from the helicopter, the other hand is probably on their gun. There might be some turbulence. I don't. After the credits roll, they, there's a good possibility they could be shooting down this helicopter on accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I, would lo- I would love for that to have happened. <laughs> That's the end credits like secret scene at the end. Oh, that would have been great. This time, Bill and Lance don't even get a full year to enjoy some relaxation between staving off alien invasions and Contra Four. The timeline has advanced only six months, and it's still. 2636 AD. Now, the good news is that Red Falcon appears gone for good and the Earth is living in peace. Cities have been rebuilt in six months. Humanity has survived. But the bad news is that Black Viper is back and starts causing planet-wide destruction. Oh, man. Some intel shows that something strange is going on in the Galuga Archipelago where the first Contra took place. And so the Earth Federation sends not just two but they're four strongest commandos to destroy Black Viper and its army of robots, aliens, and mutants. Yeah, I guess it turns out the Galuga Archipelago is still around despite being exploded. We saw it happen just three years <laughs> earlier, but evidently it's still habitable and a good little spot for having an alien cult. I mean, the Earth Federation yes. 
really should have realized what a nice little haven Galuga was for alien activity and maybe posted a guard there or something the whole time. You know, maybe put a little, put some eyes out there just in case. But uh, also now there's there's two new soldiers on the team. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's uh, it's as if uh, Bill and Lance needed help. You know they've they've yeah. only defeated the you know the alien invasion. Uh, what is it four times now? They're like, yeah, maybe we could train some new guys in case we lose one of these guys. How about that? Maybe that's what they were thinking. <laughs> and not to get too far into the weeds here, but Contra Force developers took some major liberties with the timeline and fused some of the previous North American versions with some of the previous Japanese versions. In their rewrite of history, they say that during Operation C when Bill and Lance fought Black Viper, that it was actually done by two other commandos who go by Mad Dog and Scorpion. Now, until then, Mad Dog and Scorpion were Bill and Lance's aliases, but, well, not anymore. None of that matters anyway, especially if you only play as Bill or Lance. Damn straight. Why Why would you play as anybody else? Well, because their names are Mad Dog and Scorpion. I mean, those are cool names. I want to play as those guys, right? You don't want to play as Bill or Lance? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? You don't think those names are cool anymore? <laughs> Scotty and, and Marty. And the other one. Contra 4 released in 2007 and served as a 20-year celebration of the original Contra. And so for the purpose of fan service, it included familiar landscapes like the jungles and the 3D base and the factory and so on. So placing the game in Gulaga made sense. Many of the same bosses return as well, including Gramides, the tentacle demon. This time, however, he has replaced his tentacles with size. I imagine these, yeah, I guess he upgraded there. Yeah, I imagine these bosses going through a tool shed looking for implements <laughs> to kill soldiers with. Like, yeah, last time they got me pretty hard when I just had tentacles. Should I do size today? Or maybe bring back the tentacles? You know, I'll do the Uzi with the bunny slippers today. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that they're not reaching for guns, too. Like, okay, last time we got killed by some guns, right? <laughs> the next time, well, we also got killed by some guns. Uh, you know, third time, Shame on me. I think that's how the saying goes. <laughs> Fourth time. We're, we're going to do this again. I'm wondering if maybe we should, you know, fight fight fire with fire, as the saying goes, right? Let's let's bring some guns. I think and maybe we should don't. just use an old farming implement and wield a scythe. Because I, I, I like the way it sounds. Scythe. You like oh, that? Yeah. Scythe. What, what, what decade is this? Uh, 1990s? Yeah, no, side. That sounds like, badass. <laughs> I think this is like twenty six forty nine. I don't even know if we have farms still, but yeah. I found a tool shed full of these fucking sharp things. <laughs> yeah, what are scythes still doing? I hope that we've, as a species, evolved past scythes by the time we get to twenty six thirty six. Yeah, the Grim Reaper is like, wait, I'm not cool now. I this was always kind of my symbol. It's kind of my thing. It's supposed to be scary. We're not going to use these anymore. People aren't going to recognize this. It's kind of a problem. <laughs> So, so then they upgrade the Grim Reaper just to hold a, a tentacle. He's just holding a giant <laughs> tentacle. It's like flopping around. I get him. And then he plays Contra and he's like, oh, that was a bad move. Should have gone with guns. <laughs> Inside a factory, they run into a boss named Big Fuzz. <laughs> Interestingly, that is the Japanese name. In English versions, he's widely known as Robocorpse. Wow. He's also in Contra 3 as the giant robot that peeks through the factory doors and blows the fire. In Contra 4, he chases the heroes through a factory, once again breathing fire as they run away. I'm starting to get a feeling that no one and nothing ever truly dies in this universe. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is true. And that is why the narrative of a game series such as this gets weaker as it goes. See, the interesting parts for us with Contra are in the set pieces, the boss designs, and the grand motivation from one entry to the next. Bill and Lance hardly have personalities that we can derive any character influence from. 
The years go by, the bosses and enemies return, and the stakes say the same. Save the world. We've gone through and pointed to funny names like Big Fuzz and timeline wrinkles like Jimbo and Sully or Mad Dog and Scorpion, but really at this point, that's all we can say about Contra. We'll be going in-depth on Bill and Lance themselves at the end, and that gets a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and once again, at the end of Contra 4, the heroes have to enter the alien lair, or hive as it's called here, and take out the same giant heart from the original Contra, and then once again square off with Black Viper, so it's a lot of the same stuff repeated, yada yada yada. Visually, Black Viper is quite menacing here, though. Uh, The first form appears as a praying mantis, the second form is a giant fanged beast, whose head towers dozens of feet taller than the Contra heroes, and the final form is, well, terrifying. The flesh is removed, and all muscle, tissue, cartilage, and bone of this enormous and menacing face are visible along with the bulging eyeballs that no longer have lids to close them. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But yeah, I mean, overall, Contra 4 doesn't really advance the story at all. It's a rehash of the original with callbacks to the others intertwined, which is great for fans, but bad for podcasts that cover narrative. (laughs) So as we close out here, let's get the full narrative of our heroes Bill and Lance. This will encompass some events that took place outside of our scope today. And as a heads up, we are getting this information from Contra.Fandom.com. And who knows how much of it's technically canon and how much of it was mentioned in an offshoot game or as flavor text to a manual. If it's interesting, we'll cover it. Yeah, and who knows how many guys just were typing like, oh, I heard that uh, uh, Bill uh, farted there in, in, uh, in the third level there and uh, made made, uh, made Lance sick. Lance threw up and, uh, and uh, now that's canon because some guy just said it. We don't know. God, I hope that's canon. So while not mentioned at all in the game itself, evidently shortly after Contra 3 Alien Wars, Bill was held responsible for an incident where a hypermagnetic weapon malfunctioned and wiped out 80% of the Earth's population. Bill, what the fuck, man? And how is it that 20% that was left, like at least one of those people would have a finger left to point at Bill? He did it! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and Bill's also accused of murdering Lance, by what the way. What the fuck? He- <laughs> yeah. Lance apparently tried to stop Bill from doing this whole killing 80% of the population. Mm. And Bill, indignant, just murdered him. Naturally, uh, which indignant. Yeah. numbers-wise, he probably was going to kill him anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was given a sentence of 10,000 years in a cryostasis prison. I don't, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how is cryostasis prison a punishment? Like, hey, shame on you for what you've done. We're forcing you to time travel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how, you know how, uh, the way that societies move, like, usually, like, the future is, is better than now? <laughs> Your punishment is that you have to live that good future, like, immediately. (laughs) (laughs) We hear Uh, they have health insurance way out there, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this will be good for you. Uh, He was released five years later, (laughs) much to his chagrin. Uh, (laughs) Damn it! It's mostly the same! (laughs) 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 He was released five years later so he could fight against the Blood Falcon organization in Contra, Shattered Soldier, a PlayStation 2 game that we didn't cover today. And in that game, we once again meet Lance. Wait, I thought, but Bill killed Lance, you said. (laughs) Remember that, the alien cell that Bill and Lance freed from Black Viper in Operation C? Kind of, yeah. The thing that had the the helicopter or the the flying motorbike schematic in it as well. Yeah, I remember that thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, he was resurrected with that. Ah, so he is part alien now. Uh, That's coming. So flash forward to... 4444 AD, almost 1800 years into the future, Bill reemerges to fight against the Master Contra as the alias 
Mystery G in the game Neo Contra. But how <laughs> does what the fuck is going yeah, on? I don't. Okay, they, they used his consciousness to create an AI of him, and they cloned him and cryogenically froze the clones. So the clones get to you know oh. live in this mystery, wonderful future. Good for them. Bill's character is still considered quote alive. In the 2600s timeline, I think. Anyway, <laughs> his future clone is also out there, you know, fighting the good fight in the 14 or <laughs> in the 4400s. Okay, so so Bill, uh, you know, he's okay. He's alive somewhere. That's great. And 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 Lance. Oh, see, so Lance's murder was a cover up. Oh. Yeah. See, in Contra Shattered Soldier, Bill doesn't meet Lance. He has to fight Lance because Lance, part alien now, is bad. Oh, so okay, so. So Bill did eventually kill Lance. Like he resurrected him and he's part alien. He's like, oh shit, now you're part alien. I got to kill you. Sorry about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, he did. See, with the alien cell, Lance could not fight the hive mind instincts of the aliens. He was still the Lance we know at heart, but could not fight his urges to be an evil alien. So he and Bill, they had to, you know, fight each other or arm wrestle or whatever you do. Huh. Well, thank goodness Lance is dead then, huh? All right. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. The end. See, Bill lives on as a clone. Lance is dead. Aliens are dead. Humans are good to go. Woo! Humanity. Humanity. We did it. All right. Woo! I mean, I I have several questions, but I'll whittle them all down to one. Is that an episode? (laughs) I have no answers for you except one. Yes, that's an episode. Woo! We did it. We did Contra. That was fun. It made about as much sense as I expected, <laughs> if not slightly more, believe it or not. <laughs> I was expecting zero cents, and I got <laughs> just more than zero cents. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's there's aliens in them. We got over an hour of chronological content out of a nonsense <laughs> game. I love it. I'm glad we do what we do. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to miss those guys. I'm going to miss Sully. I'm going to miss, uh, what was his name, uh, Jim Ass? You're going to miss the guy whose name you forget? Sully and, uh, uh, what was his name, Jimmy? Jim Bob. Jim Bob. Jim Bob and Sully. I'm going to miss those guys. Jimbo, whatever. Jimbo. I hope they're okay, too. (laughs) We don't really get a follow-up on them. I hope they're doing all right. I'm going to guess not. 80% of the world died. There's a good chance. I mean, but these are their descendants. I mean, they weren't even really in the timeline. I don't really know how it works, but. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was a time bomb. Oh, oh. <laughs> what a son of a... Oh, that's not how that works. All right. Well, hey, everyone, that's it for this game. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, and, and that's important because if you do, you'll be notified of a new episode coming out once every six months. <laughs> no, we're kidding. We got another another season coming. We're about halfway through it. So, yeah, about six months. Uh, we will be releasing uh, more episodes soon. So, please, uh, be ready. We're, we promise. We got more coming. All right. And if you would be so kind, please... Rate and review us. I know every podcast asks for it, but we're the only mm-hmm. ones that ask for it with uh, with passion and yeah. and promises of, you know, calling you back after you dumped us for other podcasts. You should okay, ask it with called... ask it with passion. Use passion. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Please, could you just rate? Just rate and review us, please. Okay, we need. We need more reviews. We, we, we need to feel validated, and and we want you, you, we want you to be the the one who validates us. Rate, review us, 
We want to read the reviews. We want to read your thoughts, the comments you make. We want to read them on this podcast. So reach oh. out to us on Twitter. That's Twitter at uh, Tales Lesser, at Caleb J. Ross, and at Trav Plays Games. And oh. that's as passionate as I get. Oh, <laughs> Caleb Tonio, I want to reach out and hug you with, with all of my passion. Oh, it was so sweet. Oh, <laughs> that Latin surname sounds like it was written by the localizers of this game. Caleb Tonio. Caleb Tonio. Oh, Caleb Tonio. Please, dear. Oh, let me hug you and kiss you. You can also send us an angry email about anything we got wrong. Good chance we missed a whole lot in this episode. So go ahead and send that to polykillpodcast at gmail.com. Please visit polymedianetwork.com for more stuff. And uh, hey, you hear that right there? That's Brad Sucks. He has a new album out. Check it out. It's really good. But he does our intro and outro theme. So thank you, Brad, for loaning us that track and probably not listening to the podcast after you did that. But that's okay. Hey, it's all right. But everyone should check out Brad Sucks. Uh, Thank you all for listening very, very much. And the tale has been told.